How you guys doing today? Good? Two people are doing good today? All right. Hopefully more people are doing good by the end of the night. Uh, anybody sick today? No? Some people are sick? Okay. I'm a little sick today. But God is good. He, God always heals. And, amen. Um, <clears throat> so, great. Man, I can't believe it's Friday. It's like we went by so fast. We had an exciting event on Tuesday. Uh, we had Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear, yeah. Yogi Bear was, was sick. It was, it was something. Uh, Katie was going to share, but she's not going to share, I guess. Uh, but Yogi Bear was just, uh, it was amazing. I don't know. It was, uh, it was cool. We had like 30-something kids, and uh, it was like, like this machine of Yogi Bear. It works everywhere. It works in America. It works in India. It works in Africa. Where, where else does it work? Mexico. Huh? Philippines. Yeah, Philippines. It works in Everett. It works everywhere. It's like a machine. It's like some kind of system that just, you know, kids loved it. And uh, we had like, well, how much was it? 30-something? Almost 40. At the end, it was 40 when we gave away the pizza, right? Yeah, that was, that was good. And there's more kids coming up for pizza. And uh, <laughs> that was cool. But it was interesting because I grew, I lived there. Me and my sister, we would visit there every summer. So we, like, we knew that place, but we never went to that park. And so just a little testimony about it. Um, honestly, when I would drive through there because my grandma lives right there. And I would drive through there, and I would always, every single time, I would feel like, man, God wants us to do something here. I just, I felt it. And then, so we started it, and so it's awesome. Uh, we had, it was amazing how the kids loved it. I had, there was an Ara- Arabic kid. I forgot his name. It was like Haider or something. Haider? Yeah, it was, it was a Haidor. I don't know. He was, I, I, asked, I asked him, I was talking to him. I asked him, are you Christian? He said, no, I'm, I'm a, a, a Arabic. But he was so excited. He was uh, jumping. And, or I don't know. He wasn't jumping. But he was spinning. And he was, uh, you know, yelling super loud. I was like, wow, man. This kid is pretty cool. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of kids. And um, I think they received. Uh, so Dima is not with us. He would love to be here. But he's not with us. So uh, he is, I believe, in Idaho or somewhere. Uh, so he's not going to be with us tonight. But... Um, Let's pray before we start. We're going to get into the word. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us tonight. God, we, we come to you, Holy Spirit. We, we come to you, God. We, we prepare our hearts, God. We open up our hearts to you, Lord. God, just like we sang, we reveal our hearts, God. We just open up our hearts to you tonight, God. We pray that you would speak to us, God. We pray that you would just fill us up with your word, God. We need your word, Lord. Your word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's powerful, God. It's what we need in our lives. God, it's what this world needs. God, it's what what this country needs, God. And God, we need your word tonight, Lord. Every single one of us, we need your word to go forth, God. I pray that you would speak through me, God. I pray that you would use me, God. Use me as, as a vessel tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, God. I pray that every single person, every single one of us would hear from you, God. That we would all receive from you tonight. Draw us closer to you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, we're going to look at a topic that I really want to talk about for a while. uh, And it's going to be in Proverbs 1. Proverbs chapter 1. It is a topic of wisdom and discipline. Wisdom and discipline. Yeah, because nobody likes wisdom and discipline. Because, I mean, you like it, but you don't like it. You know, 
It's one of those kind of love-hate things. So uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. If you guys like taking notes, I have points and definitions and stuff, so it's going to be good. Uh, Proverbs 1, 1. If you can't find it, it's somewhere around the middle of the Bible. All right, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, wisdom and discipline because I believe they're linked. And very surprisingly, as I was studying wisdom and discipline, just reading through it, it really changed my mind about what wisdom and discipline is. So it was very eye-opening. Okay, so verse 1 to verse 7, I'm going to read it. It says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning of these Proverbs, uh, I'm sorry, by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs, Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay, so uh, wisdom and discipline is one of those things where, you know, you, you like it, you like the end result, you're like, man, wisdom, I wish I had more wisdom, but nobody likes getting, no, nobody likes going through the process, but the end result is great, but uh, you know, wisdom and discipline, a lot of times we excuse ourselves, you know, like if we have something, like God, you know, some people are very talented, and they think, I don't need to get wisdom and discipline. Why do I need wisdom and discipline? We're spiritual, you know, we're Christian. We don't need wisdom and discipline. We could just be spiritual. You know, we don't need it. Wisdom and discipline is for, you know, people that, that are in the world or, you know, people that are just not smart, and I'm good. I don't need wisdom and discipline. And just I was looking at just the importance of wisdom and discipline. Um, it is so important because without these things in our lives, we will, we will not get to the place where God wants us to be. We will not be able to serve God in the way that God called us to serve. In, in the fullness, in, we will not be able to reach full maturity without wisdom and discipline. All right, so question for you guys. What was the first thing, you guys could just shout out, uh, what is the first thing that God created before he created everything else? What did God create? Wisdom. All right. How do you guys know that? You're smart, man. Um, in, uh, in Proverbs, I'm just going to go there. I'm, you don't have to go there, but it's just, I'm going to, just to prove it, that God did create wisdom. It says, the Lord formed me from the beginning, uh, Proverbs 8.22. It says, the Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. This is wisdom talking. I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills. I was born, and it just goes on and on and on. Uh, Verse 30, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And so God created wisdom before he created anything else. God already made wisdom. And... You know, that just shows us that before we can create any, before we can have anything happen in our lives, anything big happen, we have to have wisdom. Before we have something in our life, something of success, because it says in, um, it says, where does it say that? In verse 2, yeah, verse 3. It says, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. So if we want success, 
we need discipline and wisdom, right? We need both of them together, and they're very linked, and you're going to see why. Uh, but let's first talk about wisdom. Okay, what is wisdom? Wisdom, uh, we think of wisdom as being like, like something, you know, only for smart people. Uh, wisdom is like, you know, those smart people. They have wisdom. You know, I don't have wisdom. I'm not one of those smart, you know. I'm not one of those smart people. I'm not one of those philosophers. Or I, as wisdom is not for me, you know. And, and we, that's how we think wisdom is. But let's not think of wisdom as being like that. Let's think of it being simple, okay? Wisdom is not physics or, or what's a complicated uh, course that you take at school. Chemistry, well, calculus or trigonometry, philosophy. Okay, let's not think of wisdom as being like something for smart people, okay? Wisdom is basic. It's, uh, it's simple. Wisdom is brushing your teeth before you go to sleep and flossing, okay? That's wisdom. Let's think of wisdom as, as being something like that, all right? Or, you know, if you're really smart, use Listerine. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's wisdom. The definition of wisdom, the word that is actually used, I was looking this up, in the Hebrew, wisdom actually is, this is just a quick definition of it. It says, it is practical, moral intelligence, which produces strength of character or practical knowledge of how to fashion or control one's life. Now you guys are like, what did that mean? I did not get that at all. Wisdom is pretty much, when it's talking about wisdom in the Bible, it means you are skilled at life. You have skill at life. All right? You know how somebody has like skill in basketball? They got skills or, you know, they're good. Wisdom is just being good at life. It's, that's basically what it is. I got skills, you know, I got skills at life. That's, I'm just good at life. Okay, that's what, that's what we're talking about wisdom. If we want wisdom, we're going to be good at life. It's not, it's not being, you know, some super smart guy. It's, you know, I think that's a lie that, that a lot of people, they think wisdom is not for me because I'm not one of those brainiacs, you know. I'm not one of those geeks or nerds, whatever you want to call them. I'm, I'm just a normal person, you know. And wisdom is for everybody. <clears throat> um, so we're going to look at some things of wisdom. Before we look at uh, wisdom, can, uh, we're going to read a couple of verses. And, you know, Monday, uh, the guy that was preaching, he, he was using, uh, you know, people in the audience. So I kind of got inspired by that. So if I could have some uh, volunteers, uh, I need three, six people with a Bible who can read a verse. Uh, can I get six people? Roman, who else? Anybody, just come up. Just come up. I need six people. Anybody come up with a Bible? No Bible app, okay? We don't need, okay. Come on, that's two people. We need four more. Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. Two more people. Two more, two more, two more. Come on, guys. One more, one more. Does nobody else has a Bible? Come on. Somebody come up. Alina, there we go. Front row. Okay. We got three girls, three guys. I don't know how that happens, but it just happens. Okay. All right. So, Alina, can you, can you open up to Proverbs 1, chapter 1, verse 20 to 23? All right. Uh, can you get chapter 3, verses 13 to 18? You got a lot of reading. Uh, let's see. Can you get chapter 19, verse 8? You have one small verse. David, uh, verse 1. Uh, chapter 1, verse 28 through 32. Roman, you got chapter 10, verse 23. And Vasya, uh, chapter 22, verse 3. Okay. All right, so we're going to read them in order. Uh, can we get another mic up here? 
Is that possible? I'm just going to grab one real quick from here. All right. Oh, it's still on. Okay, I just wanted to make some commentaries. All right, we're going to start with the girls, ladies first. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. Okay, that was wisdom saying. Wisdom is calling out. She's calling out in the public squares. Okay, uh, then Jenya, can you read? Uh, Yeah, chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. Blesses the one who finds wisdom. Blesses the one who gains understanding. Wisdom pays better than several, several, silver does. She earns more than gold does. She is worth more than rubies. Nothing you want can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. All her paths lead to peace. She is a tree of life to those who hold her close. Those who hold on her will be blessed. Okay. Uh, and then, Ella, can you read, uh, yeah, read your verse. 19, verse 8. Chapter 19, verse 8. Uh, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who cherishes understanding prospers. All right. Uh, so that we, we just looked at things of wisdom. It's, wisdom is crying out. It says that you have to value wisdom. It's, more, uh, it's better than, than gold. It's, it's wisdom will, will save you. All right, now we're going to read about what a fool says about wisdom, okay? Okay, go ahead. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Okay. Uh, Roman, can you read yours? Chapter 10, verse 23. Doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. Okay. And then, Vasek, can you read chapter 22, verse 3? Благоразумный. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Thank you, guys. All right, give a hand for them. All right. Okay, so we just read three, three things on wisdom, how it's good, and then we read three things on, uh, on being a fool, okay? So wisdom, and there's wisdom, and then there's being a fool. You know, when, when I would think of a fool, I think of, like, you know, the three stooges or, or just... Somebody that's, you know, kind of goofy a little bit, you know, kind of like, they're kind of weird, but they're, they're just, you know, they're just kind of doing their own thing. That's, that's what I think about a fool. But the Bible, when the Bible talks about a fool, it says that a fool is pretty much, it's, he's morally deficient, morally deficient. So he has no moral value. So a fool is, he's not just dumb, but he's, he, he loves evil pretty much. That's what a fool is. A fool is somebody that turns away from wisdom. And so when it says wisdom, uh, in, when David read about it, it says that, uh, let's see, in chapter 1, verse 20, or chapter 1, verse 28, it says, 
When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge, chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I, when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of their own way, choking on their own schemes. So a fool is somebody that rejects wisdom. He says, I don't need wisdom in my life. Okay, that's a fool. Uh, you probably are thinking about a lot of people that just at school reject wisdom. They say, you know what? And there's actually five different kinds of fools. And it starts off because it says uh, that it's simple, just simple people, you know, simple-minded. They're simple-minded. There's, there's a simple fool. He's kind of, you know, uh, he's gullible. He's, you know, he, he, he's doing his own thing. He accepts everything. But then there, it goes on and on. And the worst kind of fool is uh, one who rejects God completely. You know, he, uh, like David said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And so there's, there's different kinds. And, you know, so, so there's smart people who are fools, right? There's smart people. Look at Richard Dawkins. He's an atheist. He's a fool, but he's really smart, right? He's a, he's a philosopher. He's a brilliant mind, but he's a fool. Bible calls him a fool. You know, you got somebody like Steve Jobs. He's a fool. And you say, well, no, Steve Jobs is a really smart guy, but he's a fool. When, when we look at the Bible, a fool is somebody that rejects the wisdom of God. Um, and we're going to look at what the wisdom of God is. A, a, a fool kind of, he goes his own path. He, 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 he sees, you know what, this is the way I'm going to go. And they keep going and they suffer the consequences. Now, wisdom. Uh, wisdom has a voice. We read in chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls out to the crowds along the main gate, to those gathered in the front of the city. How long will you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? So wisdom has a voice, okay? It speaks. And what I mean by that is that every situation that we have, wisdom is always saying something. Uh, every situation that we, have in our, that we face in our life, Wisdom is always saying something. You'd, you know, you, you have some kind of decision to make. Wisdom has a voice. It's saying something at that moment. Before you make that decision, you have to say, what is wisdom saying in this situation? So wisdom calls out to everybody. It says, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She's around everybody. Everybody can see wisdom. Everybody can, can, can hear it. Everybody knows that wisdom is saying this, okay? You know, wisdom says brush your teeth and floss before you go to sleep okay wisdom says get your sleep get enough sleep wisdom says you know don't don't eat you know unhealthy wisdom always has a voice you know you're about to make a decision you're about to go somewhere wisdom has a voice in that situation in every single situation wisdom always has a voice and we have to listen to it all right that's why it says in chapter 2 verse 2 it says tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Seek, search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. So wisdom is something that is more important than hidden treasure. It's more important than, than gold. You say, well, if I had a choice between gold and some wisdom, I would take the gold because I'd get a lot of money, right? Well, wisdom is more precious than gold. And we're like, well, that doesn't really make sense. You know, but, but that's what it is. Wisdom is more valuable than gold. If the word of God says it, that's what it is. Because, you know, a wise person, he will, he will keep, you know, money. A, a guy that just has gold, he's going to lose all that money and he's going to 
go back to where he came from before. So wisdom is more precious than gold. It's, it's something that, that, you know what, it's calling out to you. So if you don't want to have wisdom, you can ignore it. You can just ignore it. And that's what a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of people ignore the wisdom of God. And it's good to have the wisdom of God, but let's start, you know, where does wisdom come from? Like, how, does, how do you know you have wisdom? Or, better, let's better put it, what is the beginning of wisdom? Verse 7, it says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Chapter 1, verse 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Uh, just wanted to talk about the fear of the Lord for a couple minutes. What is the fear of the Lord? Uh, you know, fear, when you fear something, there's a healthy fear, right? There's a healthy fear. You know, we have, I believe I have a healthy fear of electric wires. Anybody else have a healthy fear of electric wires? Okay. Does anybody have a healthy fear of fire? Some people, okay. Some people just don't care, you know. It's good that we have a fear of electric wires and a fear, a healthy fear of fire because, you know, or else we would, we would not know our limits and we would not make it very long as an electrician or you know somebody that plays with fire so it's a healthy fear it's good right it's you need it and there's a fear of god that the bible talks about is the beginning of of true knowledge so what is this fear of god what does it mean to have a true fear of god i heard like a lot of people they they say fear of god is you know you're afraid to hurt god like you're afraid to hurt god and that's partially true but when we talk about god you know holy spirit yeah you can hurt the holy spirit He's a, he's a comforter. He's very, he, he won't force himself, right? He, the Holy Spirit is grieved when we say something bad. Holy Spirit is grieved when we, when we hang out with the wrong people. We watch something that's, that's not right. You can hurt the Holy Spirit, but God is a devouring fire. You know what I'm saying? God is, is holy. God was, you know, Mount Sinai, when, uh, Mount Sinai, when the Israelites were there, and uh, when, when Moses came on the, came on the mountain, mountaintop and then God's glory was on the mountain, what did God say? He said, if anybody touches this mountain, they're going to die. He's like, even if an animal touches this mountain, shoot him with an arrow, you know? Because God is holy. He is, he is so awesome. He is so perfect that we need to fear him because he is a devouring fire. And, you know, this is one of those messages, the fear of the Lord, that honestly is not... It, today in today's age is not being preached enough i believe the fear like i believe that churches today are kind of they're, they're going away from the fear of the lord and nobody knows what people say oh you know we'll fear the lord but but nobody really understands what it means to fear god uh to in many people in today's church they never hear a sermon on on the fear of god they don't hear a sermon on judgment they don't hear anything about uh repenting or no, no, nothing like that and, you know, we need, we need to have the fear of God because it's, it's interesting. When, when the glory of God is, is, is with the church, then God's fear is there, right? When, when Ananias, and, Ananias and Sapphira, when they lied to the Holy Spirit, what happened? They died. And, and it says a fear came on the whole church, right? A fear. But, but today, you could do anything, right? You could, you could get away with anything. Now it's, you know, just come to church. Uh, we'll have your coffee. Actually, it's not coffee anymore. It's, you know, it's alcohol now. You just get your alcohol. Come to church, get some popcorn, listen to this sermon, five points on becoming a better you, and that's it. And there's no, 
There's, there's nothing that's being preached that's about the fear of God. And that's why the glory of God is no longer in the church. You know, when before when uh, Aaron's sons, Nade, uh, Nadab, no, not Nadab, it was some, somebody else, I forgot their name. But they, when they burned the wrong kind of fire, God killed them, right? That was Nadab and Abihu. Okay, I was right. All right, so when they burned the wrong kind of fire, what happened? They died. It was just the wrong kind of fire. What if, you know, but, but God's glory was with Israel at that time. And then later, Hophni and Phinehas, am I correct? Hoph, Hoph, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, that's right? Okay, Hophni and Phinehas, they, I should have looked this up before. <laughs> they uh, brought women into the temple and, you know, committed fornication in the temple. And nothing happened to them. Why? Why? You ask, why, why did that happen? Because God's glory was not in the temple at that time. And so they could get away with it. And today people are getting away with all sorts of things. Now it's, you know, people are, you know, they, they're, they're watching. You know, they're going to church. They're hearing these messages. They're watching. Uh, they're, they're looking at these preachers tell them, you know, good points. And they go home. They never change. And because they don't hear anything about the fear of God. Nothing, nothing causes them to change. And so that's why today's uh, people in the church, they look just like everybody else in the world. They look, they, there's almost no difference. They're going home. They're, you know, they're watching rated R movies. They're, they're, they're cursing. They're watching porn. They're doing everything what the world is doing. And you wonder why. Why is that happening in the church? Why is the church lost? The, because there's no fear of God. People, you know, before in the church, uh, I was listening to a sermon. It's called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Uh, it's by Jonathan Edwards. It was, uh, it was the second most popular sermon in the history, except after the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. And Jonathan Edwards, he lived in the 1700s. Uh, he, was, he got pretty much all of England mad at him through this sermon. It was called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And he would preach it in America. And what would happen was people would... The way he would describe hell, he would describe that there is nothing holding up a sinner uh, from falling into hell except for God's pleasure. That God, God's mercy, he's not allowing that person to fall into hell. And people, and I mean, he would just, exp- and I was kind of shocked because you don't hear these kind of things anymore. He would, he would describe how sinners are going to be judged by God and how God is angry at them. And God is going to put them in hell. And you know what? You listen to it, you're like, man, I have not heard this because we don't hear it anymore. Many, many, most preachers don't, don't talk about this anymore. And you know what? This is, this is something, though, that's, it's, it's real, though. That's what's happened. That's what's going to happen in the future. And people would literally hold on to their seats because they thought that they would fall into hell. I mean, they would literally f- hold on because they were scared. God's conviction came. But you know what? The great awakening happened. And with the great awakening, people were praying in bar rooms. They closed down bar rooms and people were praying there. Why? Because, because God's fear was on America at that time. And the whole, and, well, it wasn't America yet, but it was the 13 colonies at that time. And that's how America was founded on godly principles, on the fear of God. That's how America was started. And, you know, we, we, need, we need to listen. We need to, we need to have fear, the fear of God. You know, we need to listen to preachers who... You know, I think, I feel like a lot of times we like to listen to somebody that, that sounds good, you know, that we like to listen to, you know, just kind of like, like you know, how they say, to tickle your ears a little bit. Oh, okay, that, that was funny. You know, we, we like to listen to somebody that's funny. 
And, you know, we need to listen to somebody that we don't like to listen to, somebody that convicts us. We need to listen to somebody that, that's just, that we, we turn it off and we're like, ouch, you know, that hurt. Or, you know, we, 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 have, to, we have to feel bad when, you know, when we, when we finish listening to it. And you say, well, that's, that's not right. That's not the right message. You know, that's not life-giving. We're, you know, where's the joy and where's, where's, where's the, you know, how, how, that's not politically correct today and all, all these kind of things. But, you know, we need, a, we need a weep. We need to have the fear of God in our lives. Look, I love when, when God's presence and his joy is there, but it's even better when, when you weep before God and when, when you just break down. I love those moments so much more. Like, I love the joy, but I love when, when you just have a, have a, a reverent fear before God and, and he cleanses you. It's, it's, something that, it's something that we need in our life. And, you know, the fear of God is it's what, what it, if you have the fear of God, you turn away from evil. If you, that's what it means. To have the fear of God is you're turning away from evil. That's what it says in Proverbs. If you have the fear of the Lord, turn away from evil. You know, we see a lot of people that are struggling with sin. You know, maybe today, you know, you're struggling with sin. You have, you have, you know, you've been struggling with something for years and it's just, you can't get rid of it. And you're like, man, every single time I try, I pray, I just, I go back and I go back to it and I keep, I keep doing it. I can't get the sin out of my life. And, you know, it's because of a lack of fear of God. You know, I, I, I feel like if, if when we, when we come to God and we, and we have a fear of the Lord, we're not going to want to go home and, and, you know, watch, watch rated R movies. We're not going to want to go home and watch porn. We're not going to want to go home and do the things that the people in the world are doing. It's just, we're not going to want to talk like them. We're not going to want to be anything like them when we have the fear of God in our life. And you, you see that in the church. You see so many people that are just like the world. And there's no difference. You know, there's no difference between them and this world. There's just, there's nothing in, because the fear of God is missing. And, you know, the meaning actually of the fear of the Lord, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it means to submit to his perfect will. That's what it really means, to submit to his perfect will. Either you fear the Lord, when you fear something, you either run away from it or you submit to it. And we don't run away from God, right? Like if God comes, like, oh my goodness, God is here, you know, let's run away. We're not, that, we're not scared like that. We're, we're, we're reverent and in deep uh, humility before God. Um, and then, so, unless we get the fear of God, we don't have true wisdom. If we don't get the fear of, if we don't get that point, we don't have true wisdom. It's, uh, you know, you, you say, what about people in the world? They're, they're smart. They have, do they have true wisdom or what do they have, you know? They don't have true wisdom. They have, they have some bits and pieces of it. They have a principal, they have, they have principles of wisdom that they use from the Bible, but they don't have true wisdom, okay? They're missing the true. It's like the sunshine is for everybody in this earth. You know, God allows people to, to use these things in their daily life, but it's not true wisdom. It's not, it's not going to give them everything that they need. Um, and so what does wisdom, what do we need wisdom in? A couple things. We need wisdom in choosing friends, all right? Uh, Proverbs, this is Proverbs 1, chapter 1, verse 10. It says, my child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. Uh, we, we need wisdom in choosing friends. You know, we're, we got stuck with the family that we're stuck with. We're stuck with them. We can't do anything about it. But with our friends, we can choose them. And throughout this whole, pro, throughout Proverbs, you will always see, you know, places where it says, don't go with evil people. Don't, don't go with them. Their path is leading towards hell. Uh, 
what else do we need wisdom in? We need wisdom in staying away from, from the immoral woman. I'm going to label it like that. It says in, uh, in chapter 5, verse 7, it says, So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. So it says, don't even go near the door of an immoral woman. You know, you, you see people today in the world that are, that are just, they're, they're throwing themselves at, you know, they're just, they, they don't care who they sleep with. They don't care what's going on. And we, it says in the Bible, stay away. Don't even come close. Don't even come close to the house. Okay, don't even get near the front door. Stay away from that house completely. You know, lust, I believe this talk about lust. I think lust is one of those, uh, is one of those things that God never told you to fight. Uh, let me say it kind of like this. Uh, lust, you don't fight lust by trying to take it head on. You fight lust by running away from it. That's how, that's how we fight lust. And that's why it says don't go near the door of her house. Don't go near people, near situations that, that present this kind of, you know, immorality. There's today, this, Satan has got control of, of this youth, of this generation. Not this youth, I'm sorry. I didn't mean this youth. I mean this generation of the youth today. Uh, and there's sexual immorality everywhere you look. And it's, it's really, it's, it's just, it's everywhere today. And we have to stay away from that. Um, God gave us wisdom in finances. All right, it says in Proverbs 21, 20, it says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. We've got to learn how to have uh, wisdom with money. We've got to learn how to save up money. There's a good principle uh, of saving money is the 10, 10, 80. Uh, you save 10, 10%, you give God 10%, and you live off of 80%. Uh, you know, God, God wants us to learn how to be responsible with our finances, how to save money, how to, you know, uh, how to keep money and how to use it wisely. Uh, another thing, and there's a lot of things that we could talk about. There's this book is just full of uh, proverbs, just full of uh, so many things about wisdom. And uh, one of the things is one of the biggest things is laziness. Laziness. Uh, I want to go to Proverbs chapter six. Let's all go there. Proverbs chapter six. Uh, this is one of those things like laziness. Man, we got to work on laziness. Uh, okay, let's read from uh, chapter 6, verse, verse 6, down to 11. It says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra slumber, a little extra sleep, a little extra slumber, a little, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will, will attack you like an armed robber. So he says, you lazy bones. It's, it's just funny how he calls you lazy bones. Uh, how long are you going to, it says, uh, take a lesson. How long will you sleep? When will you wake up? Uh, being lazy, one of the things that we got to work at when we're young is laziness. We got to go, we all have laziness. We all have things of laziness in our life, but we have to get laziness out. You know, God does not like laziness. It's just, it's a principle of God. Even Paul said, uh, when, when, he, when he said in, in the New Testament, he said, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. And nobody is, is uh, exempt from uh, being, nobody can, has an excuse to be lazy, pretty much. Nobody can be, like, 
okay, you say, well, I'm, I'm really talented or I have all these things. I can do other things. But we all have to work. We all have to learn how to work hard. And from a young age, if you don't learn how to work hard, you're going to have a lot of problems in, in later on in life. It says in, uh, it says in uh, Proverbs 20, it says, Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at harvest. And it says in Proverbs 26, verse 13, it says, The lazy person claims there's a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. As the door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. Lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it to their mouth. That's a lazy person. Can you imagine somebody takes food in their hand, and they're just too lazy, like, I, I got this hamburger, but I just can't, I just can't pick it up. I can't eat it. It's just, I'm too lazy. It says, a lazy person says, there's a lion on the road. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure behind that door, there's a lion. It's, it's out there. It's going to kill me. It's going to eat me. I can't go. I can't work today. You know, I can't, I can't work. I can't, I can't work hard today. There's a lion out there. I don't know. I, I, it's just, it's too hard, you know. I'm tired today. I'm sick. I can't, you know, can you imagine, like, if, if that worked in the animal kingdom? Like, animals are just like, man, I'm tired today. I'm not going to go hunting or, you know, some dog is like, man, I'm tired today. I don't want to go f- play fetch or, you know. That, it's, it, if you look, if you look at, if you look in the world, you know, you look at, you, can, you look at animals. We got to take a lesson from animals, man. They, they work hard. They don't have excuses. We're like, oh, there's a lion out there. I'm pretty sure something, I'm, I won't be able to do it. And you just, you just quit. It says, as a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. You know, when we're young, you know, we don't need to sleep. But if you give us an opportunity, we'll sleep for hours. We'll just go until like 3 o'clock or something. And it says a, a lazy person turns over and over in bed. He's just, time to wake up. No, mom, five more minutes, you know. And they just keep sleeping, keep sleeping. And that's, that's, a, that's a very, that's one of those things is as when, you, when you're lazy, you just, you just, you're just in bed. And, and we have to learn how to, how to get out of bed, you know, especially when we don't have to wake up. You're like, oh, I don't have to wake up. I don't have to do anything. I'll just sleep in all day. That's a very bad work ethic. That's a very bad mentality. Uh, wisdom says get your sleep, you know, get your beauty rest, go to sleep before 12. It's called beauty rest if you guys didn't know. And, uh, and don't be lazy. And, you know, when we're young, we're like, man, I don't need, a, any, I don't need any of that. I'll just stay up till 3 o'clock, you know. I'll wake up at 3. You know, but if you look at old people, they all go to sleep very early if you, if you honestly look at them. And you, well, they're wiser than us, so there's, there's some wisdom right there. <clears throat> All right, so we're not going to stay on that too long. All right. Uh, okay, let's, we're going to talk about discipline now. Discipline. This is, uh, this is one of those things of discipline. I was kind of surprised when I started looking into discipline. What does this mean? I thought discipline was, you know, self-discipline, like an athlete is disciplined. It's kind of a little bit different. All right, so discipline. Uh, this is the... the uh, definition of what it what it is in proverbs one what it what discipline is uh it says the method or process of attaining wisdom it has the meaning of obedience the instructions of of proverbs will correct the believer and bring submission to the higher authority of god moral discipline so it's the method or the process of attaining wisdom discipline is the method or the process of attaining wisdom it, I never really thought about discipline as that, but discipline is a process that we go through. Okay, discipline is a process that we all go through to attain wisdom. 
I know it kind of sounds complicated, but stay with me for a little bit, okay? And we're gonna we're gonna get this thing. Okay, so let's look at Proverbs three, chapter three, verse eleven. Uh, it says, "My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't be ups- upset when He corrects you, for the Lord corrects those He loves, just as a father corrects in a child in whom He delights." So if the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom, the, what is the foundation of discipline? Is correction. And I was, you know, I was, as I was reading through it, and I, you just see this everywhere, that correction is the, is the beginning of discipline. Correction. Uh, it says people who accept, this is Proverbs ten seventeen. people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Another verse, it says, to learn you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. So discipline, it's a godly discipline on our lives, okay? It's not, it's not like uh, God's discipline is not like you trying to discipline your body or, you know, you become disciplined to, to eat right. It's, it's a different kind of discipline. It's a God, it's a divine discipline on our life. That's what discipline is. It's a divine discipline. Uh, that's, what it, that's what it is in the Bible. It's a divine discipline where God takes us through a process to get wisdom. All right, so this is how they're linked, uh, discipline and wisdom. If you want to have wisdom, you have, to go, you have to go through the process of discipline. You cannot have wisdom without first going through the process of discipline. You can't have the fruits of wisdom without first allowing God's discipline on your life. You cannot, we all want to see fruits of, fruits of wisdom, right? We all want to see the fruits. We all, we all want to see, you know, man, I'm, I'm really good at this, and I got this, and I got this. And it's like, man, we want to see those, these fruits in our lives. But in order to see that fruit, you must go through the process of discipline. Because before you get wisdom, you got to have discipline. That's how they're linked together. Uh, because discipline is, is uh, God will bring us through discipline. You can, you can, you can bet on that. You don't have to, you know, yeah, we have, to, we have to strive to be disciplined. But God will make sure that we get disciplined. God will discipline. It says he disciplines those he loves. And so his process of discipline is on our life. It's something that we have to submit to. All right, let's, let's look at Proverbs uh, 15, verse 31. Proverbs 15, verse t- 31. And uh, we're almost done, but... A little bit more. Okay, Proverbs 15, verse 31. Here it is. It says, If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. So it says that if you listen to criticism, you will be at home among the wise. So the the discipline is, is criticism. Being able to accept criticism from other people. I know that's, that's a lot. That's like, so we got to listen to people to criticize, to criticize us. That's how we're going to get disciplined. Yes, because it says, it says uh, if you reject it, you reject the discipline, you're only harming yourself. If you reject that, if you reject people's corrections, you're only harming yourself. I love this verse in verse 33. It says, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Humility precedes honor. Everybody wants honor in their life, right? We all, wanna, we all want honor. We all want people to look at us, to respect us. We want people to see us as, as being, you know, successful. We want, we want people to look at us like, oh, this is a good person. Let's think of somebody who we honor, who we respect. 
most likely, or not most likely, but according to the word of God, they went through humility in order to get to that place. You look at somebody that you honor, they went through humility in order to get to that place of honor. You know, I look at just a, an example. I don't know if you, a lot of you guys know this or not. Allah, uh, Dima's wife, Allah Stroke. Uh, she comes every single Sunday morning, okay, at 9 o'clock, an hour before the rest of the worship team or most of the worship team gets here. And I don't know if she still does this, but she would do this. She would set out tea and, you know, cookies and stuff in the back. And she would prepare that. She's the worship leader. And she would come. Sometimes she would even turn on the, uh, the speakers and all that to get the prayer started. She's the worship leader. She doesn't have to do that. She doesn't have to, she doesn't have to be going through that. She could just come, you know, she could be the last one there or, you know, but she, she said you know, she has, that's, that's humility. You know, it's very difficult to do that. You see, you see a lot of people, you know, that, that, that are honored, that are respected. You know, I look at that example. I'm like, man, that is an example that I want to follow, right? That's an example that I say, you know what? That's an example for me. And that's where humility, going through humility, going through correction is is what's going to precede our honor in our life. If you want honor, you want to be respected, you want people to respect you, you got to go through the correction. You got to go through the, the process of correction. You got to go through the process. Um, <clears throat> it says, let's see where it says that. Okay, fools, it says they despise wisdom, right? Fools despise wisdom. It says in Proverbs 19, 27, if you stop listening to instructions, you will turn your back on knowledge. Where do we get, first of all, we get instructions from our parents, right? That's our first line of, of instructions, corrections. If you can't listen to your parents, you're not going to be able to listen to God. You're not going to be able to be corrected by God or by somebody in church if you can't listen to your own parents. Uh, it says in verse, uh, uh, chapter 28, verse 26, those who trust in their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. So if you trust your own insight, you're foolish. It says later on, it says, whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. So if you refuse to accept criticism, other people's criticism, it says you will be destroyed beyond recovery. And it says if you trust in your own insight, if you trust in your own wisdom, what it says, it says that those who do that are foolish. But if you walk in wisdom, you're safe. You know, there's a lot of things that I could, I could trust myself in. For some reason, I trust myself. When I play basketball, I trust myself to take the last shot. I don't know why. It, you know, to take the important shots, I miss them a lot of times, but I just trust, I don't know, I trust myself. I just, okay, I could take it and, you know, sorry guys when I miss all those, all those shots, but that's okay though. But, you know, one thing that I don't trust myself, I don't trust myself in rhythm, okay? You know when we, like, have praise songs and there's a rhythm and everybody's clapping to the rhythm and you know when kind of it goes off and some people are clapping on one rhythm other people are clapping on another rhythm and and i don't know which which is the right one and so and i look i look at a drummer okay i look at david or anton or somebody somebody that knows what they're doing you know and i'm like okay which where are they clapping okay i'll clap along with them you know because because i trust them right i don't trust myself that's that would be because i know i'm not good with rhythm okay so it's just i trust their insight and a fool says I trust my own insight in life. I trust myself to make decisions. That's, that's foolish. Because it says in Ecclesiastes, it says the words of the wise are like cattle prods. Painful but helpful. Anybody know what a cattle prod is? 
it's a stick that you poke cows with. <laughs> it's a stick that you poke cows with. Okay, that's a, that's a cattle prod. Uh, back in the day, they'd be sharp. Now, now they have uh, electricity at the end. So it hurts. Believe me, electricity hurts. I know that from a week ago, man. Electricity hurts. And it says the words of the wise are like cattle prods, okay? They're, they're painful, they hurt, but it's helpful. A person's criticism is painful, amen? It's painful, it hurts. Somebody criticizes you, ouch, you know, that hurt. Ouch, that hurt. You know, somebody tells you something, man, that hurt. Nobody likes to accept criticism. I've never seen somebody, you know, uh, correcting somebody and then the other person's just smiling just like yes this feels so good no criticism hurts it's like a cattle prod you know you're getting poked with electricity it hurts a lot but but it's helpful this is that's the way of wisdom that's the way of discipline that's how discipline works and a lot of people love discipline a lot of people want discipline but the uh or they they want wisdom a lot of people love wisdom they just Man, I need wisdom in my life. I know I need wisdom. A lot of people say that, right? A lot of people probably, you, you can think back and you're like, man, I need more wisdom. I need more wisdom. But the reason we don't have wisdom is because we've never accepted the discipline. And the discipline is not what we think it is. The, the discipline is God's process on our lives. And can we submit ourselves to that process? It's, it's a tough process. It's a process of, you know, it's pain. But Either we're going to feel the pain of the, of, the, of the cattle prod, you know. We're going to feel the pain of somebody poking us. And, and we're going to feel the pain of God's discipline. Believe me, God will discipline you in many different ways. God is very, uh, he has numerous amount of ways that we can be disciplined, okay. And, it, it, you know, no matter what kind of life you have, God will find a way to discipline you. He'll find some way, you know. You could, you could think back when, you know, when you're going through something hard, you're going through through a tough time. That was God's discipline. You know, you went through a tough time in your life. That was God's discipline on your life. And what you can do in these moments is to accept it and to, to bend to it and say, God, okay, I submit to your discipline. Or you can refuse, you know, and say, I don't, I don't want to go that way. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to go my own path. And that's what the fool says. The fool says, I'm going to take my own path. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, because it says in the Bible that, uh, that there's a path that seems right in the eyes of man, but it ends in destruction. The fool thinks, yo, there's, there's a good, this is a good path. I'm going to take this path. And you know what? It always ends in destruction. And what's interesting is no matter how many people have gone through that same path, right, of, of just going down the wrong way, they went into the world, they, they decided to give sin a try, they decided to live not for God, they decided to live for themselves, no matter how many people have done it before them, a person will say, you know what? That's not going to happen to me. That will not happen to me. For some reason, I don't know, it just, every single person says, you know what? Everybody else ended horribly. Somehow, I'm going to make it through. Somehow, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to live for myself, and I will not suffer the same consequences that everybody else has suffered. Somehow, people think, they all believe that, and guess what? They all end up going down the same road, having the same consequences. And why? Because they refused to go down God's path. They refused to accept his, uh, his uh, discipline on their lives. And we all have to receive God's discipline. And, you know, many people have suffered. Uh, just many people that, you know, they believed. They did not believe that it would happen to them. You know, they might, they, they thought that everybody else, you know, was, was telling them, you know, 
when, when someone is telling you over and over and everybody's telling you something, you've got to change this, that, there's a reason for that, amen? There's, that's, that's, that's a sign, you know? That's a sign that you need to accept that discipline. You've got to accept that correction. And so we see two kind of two distinctions, okay? We talked about wisdom and discipline. And we see, you know what? We want wisdom. We need discipline. But we don't want to go through the process. That's, that's many times that's the problem is we don't want to go through the process. And so I hope today you saw that where discipline, where you need discipline in your lives, uh, and it's really allowing God to, to, to bring that process through to, to allow him to work on you and to submit to that process. And, uh, we're, and you know what? Through that process comes, wis- comes wisdom. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, amen? There is, there's fruit for going through what you're going through. There's fruit. There's going to be, uh, you're going to see results. You're going to see things in your life that you wanted to have but that you never had because you didn't have wisdom and discipline. And so this is the way to get it. Do, do we like the path? No. You know, we, we like the end result, but we don't like the path. And, uh, and so right now we're just going to, let's stand up and we're just going to begin to pray. Um, and I hope you kind of saw maybe yourself today in, in what we were talking about. If, if, you know, if there's something that you know you need in, in your life, God says in James, James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if you want wisdom, just ask God for it. Just ask God for it. Uh, if you want, if you want, you know, for God to help you, just ask him for it. And uh, let's just pray for wisdom on our lives. Let's pray for, for discipline in our lives. Um, and if you, if you see, you know, if you, if you see that, that your life is just lacking in something, where whether you don't have the fear of God on your life, whether you don't have God's fear in your life, and you're, and you're turning away from, from the fear of God, and, and you, you're, you're living your own way, or, or you refuse to accept correction, then, then you know, you need, you need prayer, then you got to come up. Or if you have some issue in your life that you need prayer in, or if you just want to come and repent to God tonight, then you can come up here, somebody's going to pray for you.